Y'all heard? It just started recording. What, the whole show? Yeah, we're just going to... Guys, we just did a intro for like 20 minutes, and we're not going to do it again. So here's an icebreaker, Marissa. <laughs> Should we at least have like a hello? No, I don't give a shit. Screw you people. <laughs> okay. Uh, wait, so are you airing the Alex call or no? Yeah, so if you want to say, if you want to acknowledge the call, okay. I will lay it in yeah. here. Hi, Pete and Marissa. This is Alex. I really like it whenever you guys have a song about how people should call in and leave you a voicemail. Um, it just, it makes me smile. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that it's been too long since I called. I've not done a great job, sad to say, of keeping up with, um, the, the show recently, but I promised to do better. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm a little late to the party on, on this story, but I've got a story for you based on the sports betting episode, uh, except it was politics betting. I've only bet for money two times in my life, ever, okay? I'm, like, not into gambling, but um, I was chatting on Slack with my Presbyterian friends from college. And this was back in the 2016 primaries, and we were talking about how Donald Trump was, like, pretty popular, but he was, like, coming in first, but he wasn't getting any majorities in the first couple of primaries. And I made a bet that he would, you know, like, he might continue to get more votes than any given candidate, but that he would never get a majority vote in any of the states. I bet my friend Peter $5. And, um... And, and then Trump won, like, the next primary after that. And so I sent uh, PayPal $5 to Peter with the comment, may God have mercy on our souls. Um, then then uh, the, the story continues. I started listening to this great podcast called Election Profit Makers with David Reese, John Kimball, and Charlie Kine. And on uh, EPM, they talk about the political news, but only in as much as it pertains to them making money on predictit.org, which is, um, you know, like a, a politics prediction market website. It's, um, it's functionally betting on politics, but the idea is that, you know, oh, you know, is it worth betting at 86 cents for this person winning the election? That's a prediction that they would have an 86% chance of winning the election, right? So I had, um, you know, like 10 bucks lying around, and I put $10 on Hillary Clinton. Uh, winning the 2016 election, and now I have like 18 cents in that account. Um, and so I'm never betting on anything ever again is the moral of this story. Um, and I kind of wish that I'd bet on Donald Trump. I would have felt bad, but I felt really bad the day after the election. And if I was like, well, at least I've got like $30 now, I would have given it to the ACLU. Okay, thanks for a great show. Have a nice day, everyone. Bye. Wait, okay. Uh, Alex, thank you for calling. Always love when you call. Don't worry about being behind. You're still our most engaged He doesn't have listener. as much grass to mow right now. I think that's the thing. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, I love how low stakes his bets are. <laughs> I'm charmed by that. Uh, also, I also like the detail that he told us they're Presbyterian. The people that he was betting with mm-hmm. uh also alex do you check your work mail we sent you something okay you have any feedback on that call no uh but yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, um, yeah, keep, not keep not because of you alex i'm just irritated that the uh recording software didn't record so 
The intro was fantastic. Yeah, we uh, rambled on for quite uh, some time about bunkers. Oh, man, yeah, that was actually really good. Can you please do an episode about that in the future? For me? Yeah, maybe I'll make uh, Bunker Month. <laughs> yeah, month. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, okay, give us an icebreaker. Who 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 sent in the icebreaker? So this is from listener Heather. Oh. Before the show, I was like, hey, Heather, uh, do you have any icebreaker ideas? And she said, if you had to, and you had the opportunity to like come up with these things, um, and people didn't just tell you what you have to do, but if you uh, were put into witness protection and you had to come up with a name and decide, like, one of the 50 states to go to, um, and optionally what job you would have when you get there, with the caveat that you can't be like, I'm going to go to Texas and be an oil baron. Instead, like, you have to come up with a job that you can actually do. <laughs> and, like, do we need to theoretically put ourselves, like, somewhere that would make sense for us to be protected. Like I would like living in New York could be fun, but I imagine I could be found there. Like, like, do I need to be, I just think of New York as like just a big old ball of, you'd be like a needle in a haystack. Maybe you couldn't be found there. I feel like somehow I was. Oh, oh, I'm just kidding. Here, do you have an answer? You can go for it. I, So, on the TV show Sliders, there was a professor, and his name was Maximilian Arturo. Mm-hmm. I would take his name. Okay. And uh, what would you do? Where would you Nobody be? Nobody would believe it. <laughs> um, I like Idaho and Utah. Oh, I was going to say Idaho based on nothing. Go ahead. Yeah. They got a lot of potatoes. Nobody really ever talks about being there. Yeah. So Idaho sounds good. Plus, you can make like a bunch of Idaho jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you the boss, Idaho. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, what's your job? I feel like close to like uh, Better Call Saul stuff, where he's like the manager of a pretzel shop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like I would end up being a manager at some place. Okay, I, like I feel like it. if I worked in, depending on like where in education, I might be able to get by, be like you know just stuck in a back room as a covert, mysterious instructional designer who just appeared on the school's doorstep. Are we doing this in death? <laughs> and they go, "What's his name?" And you go, "Maximilian Arturo." And, and they go, "Like the guy from Spanish. Slider." <laughs> Was he Hispanic? And then I go, "Shit." <laughs> Nope. Oh, because it sounds harsh. He had a British accent. Yeah, that's weirder. Uh, This isn't indefinitely, right? Until the heat blows over and you can return to your hometown. So how long do we think this is? Could be be a year. Could be six. Because if it's a year... No more than six. (laughs) Too much. Um... While I would want my name to be Trudy Nash, I feel like I mentioned that too much, so people would be looking for that if they were trying to catch me. So I'll name myself Shanti Bangs, and I'll be a paranormal investigator in Wisconsin. 
Okay. He yeah, and I'll get now. I'll dress really drab, and I'll get a haircut that you'd imagine a paranormal investigator would get. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no shade of paranormal investigators. I think you have an awesome job, but you're not known for your haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have something to say? You look like you had something to say. I'm just uh, paranormal investigators. Uh... I, I hope the government is going to, like, give you a stipend. Yeah, I imagine they would. <laughs> I ima- they do, do they not? I hope so. Otherwise, you're not going to make it very far, Marissa. Okay, if they don't give me a stipend, I'm going to start my comedy career. <laughs> but you can't get that big. Oh, yes, I know you. <laughs> I like that you give me the credit to get big. <laughs> Um, can I be like a potato farmer? I don't know. Here's a YouTube video of this woman bombing at a comedy club. We <laughs> found her. Yeah, okay, okay. Because um, you are wanted by people who like to watch bad comedy videos on YouTube. <laughs> no, wait, I can't be a farmer. I don't, bugs are gross. Mm, I work in a winery doing something. I don't know what you do in a winery. You're a personal shopper for a rich person. Oh, no, in, then I in would... In Wisconsin. I would resent them a lot. I hate working for rich people. That's okay. I have before. <laughs> Not directly. I taught rich people's kids, and I resented them every moment, and they <laughs> rage. And this one mother would always bring her child 15 minutes before the classroom was supposed to be open, but... Everyone was too afraid to tell her, no, you can't bring him to the classroom. The teacher's getting ready because she was rich and everyone was afraid of rich people. So they would just. Just let dump. her. Yeah. It, it's just, I hated them all. Anyway, speaking of things you hate and fill you with rage. <laughs> um, I have a uh, strangely serious topic today. But, um. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what else to cover. But so, do you watch Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? No, not on a regular basis. If I had access to HBO, I would. Okay, so my topic is based off of something I saw yesterday that was so just filled me with so much rage. But uh, hopefully, I added a little more detail if anyone happened to watch the latest episode. Um,. So speaking of rage, I gotta tell you about this one law thing where okay. like a box of fireworks exploded and a scale fell on a lady and they she wasn't allowed to sue the train company. But like that's another episode. Wait, why wasn't she allowed to sue? Like she was allowed, but she didn't win. Oh, I hate fucking everything. <laughs> so yeah. So I used to have a severe rage problem, but thankfully it dissipated <laughs> a little bit. I hate fucking everything. I used yeah. to have a rage problem. <laughs> well, no, it just made a little bit. But, yeah, it comes up now and then. And, oh, boy, it came up so hard yesterday. And I just totally could put myself in the shoes of the people in the report. And I was just so angry. And I've been thinking about it nonstop. Okay. So, basically, they did a feature highlighting how often cops... Uh, target the wrong house in no-knock raids or just generally, even if they have the suspect, they just get nothing out of it besides traumatizing 
the person whose house is raided. Uh, No-knock raids aren't anything that y'all haven't heard of. Of course, um, one of the most notorious ones is the Breonna Taylor incident, uh, where her... By the way, just in case you're listening, Marissa is saying no-knock raids. What does it sound like saying? Not no-knock raids. (laughs) What? No-knock raids? Yeah. Okay. You know, from your your great Nona. (laughs) Yeah, no-knock raids. Um, so, uh, yeah, Brianna Taylor, obviously, you all know about her. Uh, she was killed in the midst of a no-knock raid, and her boyfriend said, which very recently said, he didn't know the cops were cops, because they, like, didn't knock, and they just, like, broke into the middle of the night, so he thought he was defending himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one story that really disturbed me to the core. I mean, they all disturbed me, but I don't know why this one hit me so hard. Okay. So they raided this one middle-aged woman's home in the middle of the night. Uh, and she was caught completely off guard, and she wasn't wearing any clothes at the time. Uh, but I think she was either, like, sleeping naked or taking a shower or something. Uh, they bashed down her door, like, you know, like, like I don't know what, what the word is, when you, like, use something really heavy to, like, knock the door down. Like, they didn't just kick it down. They, like, yeah, were, like, yeah. pounding on her door. And then, like, a whole bunch of men with guns poured into her house, and... Not and like it turns out that the person they were looking for previously lived in her house, but didn't live there any longer because he would had been in jail for like twenty years or something, and she didn't even know him. Like they weren't related. Bought the house after he left. Um. So shortly after, it sunk in that they had the wrong house, but like the traumatized woman like was just hysterical at that point. She like there is footage like there this is there was film of all this um the woman's just screaming i don't know who that is i don't know that man i've never heard of him in my life and she was like screaming hysterically and why i was filled with such rage is because the cop said because she was naked the whole time no no eventually like threw a towel on her or something but they said like okay calm down you don't need to yell mm-hmm. and she was like what do you need i don't need to yell and I was like, if I was in that situation, first of all, there is that stereotype joke. That, like, <laughs> or is it you would just get shot, honestly? <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, not, even, not even joking. Uh, or, I, yeah, I would end up committing a crime, mm-hmm. and then I would get shot. Uh, there's that whole cliche, like, don't tell a woman to calm down. I feel like just don't tell a person to calm down, generally. But also, don't tell a person who you <laughs> incorrectly rated their house to calm down. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I would have... I think a lot of times people don't think you have to be that specific, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, I I would either, like you said, be shot, or go so off the rails that I was, like, restrained <laughs> and have to just, like, be taken to a hospital. Like, I just like, wouldn't... Uh, Tony, I don't think it's the right house. This woman shit herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would shit on the floor. She has I shit all over herself. <laughs> I would, like, I would attack them but hopefully i'm small enough that they wouldn't be threatened and shoot me but i'm oh, a minority Tony, i don't know what she ate the last night but <laughs> like i just i couldn't i just kept thinking like how dare you fucking tell that lady not to yell you can't what and then there's this other one that i don't have the details of but they got the wrong house <laughs> they didn't find anything and while the guy was still handcuffed but they were like oh i'm sorry man i'm sorry they realized he had like a 
a security cam and they literally asked if they could see it so they could see what they looked like when they did it and there is footage of the cops watching themselves watching themselves and going oh man that's cool and I'm like what the fuck you fucking that's the thing like like I get that you're not gonna have any group of people out there where you're like oh they're all good or they're all bad that just doesn't exist like after you hear about what priests can do you're like okay so like yeah. we have no heroes but i feel like you know like there's a there's a, a strange amount of people who are like oh man i want to be a cop because it looks fun from the movies or you get to mess with people and there's no repercussions or stuff like that and it's and like yeah to sit there and watch you breaking into some innocent person's house and they're like and you're like oh that's cool man we looked like denzel in that or some shit like that like that's yeah. stupid <laughs> oh speaking of no repercussions i'll get to some of that later anyway so but i think I, I i i'm just interjecting now <laughs> i think um but i think there's so much to be said for that that uh like traumatizing aspect that you're talking about you know like yeah. There's just so much that goes to it that is, I don't know. I I really struggle with people not having a sense of self awareness and like it, how you couldn't imagine being a person who doesn't feel like they can walk down the street without being stopped for some reason or another, you know, yeah. for any reason or no reason. Like, and and how. Yeah, you just feel like, oh yeah, we can we can bust into this person's house on bad intelligence, and uh, and then like you know, and I'm sure it's also a situation too where it's like, oh yeah, you can send the bill for the door to the uh, <laughs> to city hall, and they might get you a new door or some money for it in like four years. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they really fuck up a house. And what Pete said about like being traumatized, um, like. It's really true. Like, how the fuck are you want to know it's the cops? Uh, in the middle of the night once, uh, public safety in my... So I used to live in an apartment that nonsensically had a fire escape with no gate that led directly into my bedroom window. <laughs> and uh, my light was on in the middle of the night. And for some reason, I guess public safety thought someone... They didn't know someone lived in my apartment. It was all convoluted. But anyway, mm -hmm. at like 3 a.m., someone was running as fast as they could up my fire escape. I did not know it was someone there to help me. So, I mean, I don't have a fucking gun, thank God. But, like, I ran out. I was hysterical. I was crying. I was, like, That like, was an even better example because it's, like, how many – how much – Okay, so you presume that somebody needs to go through training to be a police officer, but like to be a security guard at a college, like, <laughs> but you could still yeah, cause that level of fear. And yes, you're not a, a, a gun-toting, you know, uh, American, but like if you were, yeah, that person could have gotten shot, and there is no way that you wouldn't go down for that. <laughs> I know, but honestly, I like. I don't know. I'm always careful what I say, but I don't know if you if you shot someone who you have. If there's no indication that it's a cop, I don't even know why you. Sh no, I don't want to say I don't. You shouldn't be blamed for it, but kind of because you have the right to 
defend your house. So, I mean, as, if you can prove you had no idea how it was a cop, I don't know how anyone gets... The, like, the thing that doesn't... I, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to use Brianna Taylor as a specific example, but, like, if you knock down the front door and you are in the bedroom mm-hmm. and you haven't had the chance to announce yourself yet, okay, I could see some miscommunication happening. But I can't imagine that most people's front door leads right to their bedroom. So you knock down the door, you say, we're the cops, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Hello, we're the cops. Also, and then and then you move through the house. And that way, when you do knock on the door, you know, even if somebody was asleep, you can say at least, you know, we covered our ass and we announced ourselves. They were asleep and they didn't hear us, but still, you know, something like that. But I don't know, man. I do think that's a good idea. As they're breaking down the door, they just need to scream, We're the cops! Yeah. And I don't think they do that. Uh, <laughs> or so, be like, Hey, Joe Stevens, we're the cops. And then she's like, Who the hell's Joe Stevens? <laughs> yeah. Joe Stevens used to live here. Hey. Also, I'm of- naked and I have shit all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> you poor lady. Okay. So when I saw this, Honestly, I've heard about no-knock raids, but I never bothered to be like, who gets those? So I was like, wait, when do you get, like, the approval to get a no-knock raid? So, so obviously there are warrants where you knock on the door and you say, police, you know, I have a warrant for your arrest. But then to do one of these raids, you need a special no-knock warrant signed by a judge. Um, and you... The police kind of need to prove that a standard knock-and-announce raid wouldn't work. Uh, and there are, like, basically two main arguments um, that they could use to, you know, to petition for this. Uh, one is that the suspect is too dangerous. Um, so if police knocked and announced their presence... The second is that they're already in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, they, that if police knocked and announced their presence, the suspect would have time to get a weapon... Uh, or they could say that the person is quote unquote high risk or is likely to be armed. Um, so how do they know they're likely to be armed? I mean, like it's all subjective, but I guess if they have like, you know, pass arrests for weapons in their house and things like that. Um, the second one, or if they're a high school teenager, <laughs> yeah, there's all it's, Oh God. It's a mess. Uh, if the second argument main argument is if police knocked and announced their presence the suspect would have time to destroy evidence of a crime before the cops got to him uh so this is where i see most of them happening is with uh drug cases because if cops think that there are drugs in the house you know if they announce themselves the drugs could get flushed down the toilet and things like that so that gives police an excuse to do a no-knock raid and in other cases, some police have said that they need to conduct a no-knock raid when homeowners have legally registered guns. But that's, I feel like kind of funny because it's a homeowner that's, like, responsible enough to register their guns. The homeowner who legally has a gun, but you're still going into the, okay. Yeah. However, in one case in springtime 2014, police in Iowa conducted a no-knock SWAT raid on the home of a suspect of a person suspected of credit card fraud <laughs> and the police defended that the raid defended the reason for this no knock raid was because someone in the house had a registered gun although not the suspect so it seems like you can really play around with yeah. that a lot 
And even without this special warrant, if police at the scene have reasonable belief that they can't afford to knock, then they're justified in barging in. For example, in a case that went to the Supreme Court in 2011, Kentucky police successfully argued that it was okay for them to bust down a door of an apartment they didn't have a warrant to search, simply because they had smelled marijuana in the apartment and heard the sound of a toilet flushing. <laughs> they looking for a drug dealer in the building and assumed that the dealer must have lived in that apartment. The drug dealer did not live in that apartment, but those occupants were arrested because marijuana was found uh, in their house. And I think a little bit of cocaine. In theory, no-knock raids are supposed to be used in only the most dangerous of situations. But in reality, they are a fairly common tactic, even in less than dangerous circumstances. In a 2015 article, it was said that there are about 20,000 or more estimated no-knock raids every year in the U.S. Uh, and it's actually quite rare for a judge to deny these no-knock raid warrants. Back in 2000, the Denver Post analyzed a year's worth of no-knock warrants and found that judges rejected five out of 163 requests. The Post also found that 10% of the time, the judge would approve a no-knock raid even when the police didn't ask for it. They just said, we just need a regular warrant. And they just check the box at the bottom that says no-knock yeah. raid. You sure? You sure? The other you know what? I don't want you guys coming back and asking for something else, so I'm just going to check all the possible raids you can conduct. So obnoxious. Like I mentioned before, most no-knock raids are for drug offenses. Uh, theoretically, these are to target drug dealers or drug stash houses. The, you know, the logic is busting the house where drugs are stored in bulk will disrupt the drug supply chain. Uh, and if they could charge a dealer with just, oh, wait. oh, but if they can, you know, judge the dealer, judge, I'm sorry. If they can catch a dealer, not just on the streets selling drugs, but, you know, with all the drugs in his house, they can slap him with a longer prison sentence and also sees whatever drug money is being stored there. How do people know what is drug money and what is money he <laughs> had that he worked for for with other things? I don't I don't know. That's interesting. Anyway. Uh but how did no knock raids even come about? In an NPR interview with Radley Balco, an investigative journalist and the author of the book Rise of the Warrior Cop, um he explained that they were a construction of the Nixon administration, and the origin is pretty interesting. It wasn't something that police chiefs, chiefs were asking for or sheriffs were asking for. It was actually the brainchild of a 28-year-old Senate staffer who became a campaign aide. And it was this idea of just showing how tough we were on crime and drugs by letting cops just sort of kick down doors without announcing themselves first. The aide has since said that he regrets this, and it's one of the biggest mistakes of his political career. But it became widespread, really widespread in the 1980s, in police departments across the country as we really militarized and ramped up on the war on drugs. And it is primarily used to serve warrants for people who are suspected of drug crimes, as we already stated. So they also asked this guy, was this controversial from the start? Because obviously it's controversial these days, but, you know, was there any opposition? Or were people just like, yeah, cool. Uh, and Balco says, no, it was actually very controversial. It was implemented at the federal level 
shortly after Nixon was elected, and there were a lot of botched drug raids and mistaken drug raids across the country, just as there still are now. And some people were even killed because of them. What was really interesting is that Congress held hearings about these early on, and they actually ended up repealing the federal no-knock raid a few years later. But then it came back in the 80s, and nobody seems to care. So that's cool. Um, so that's, you know, people being traumatized and people being hurt and things like that. So how often do civilians get injured or killed in these raids? From 2010 through 2016, at least 81 civilians and 13 officers died from SWAT raids, uh, including 31 civilians and eight officers during these no-knock raids. Excuse me. Half of the civilians killed were members of, you know, minorities. We're minorities, not members of minorities. That didn't make sense. I'm sorry, guys. It's a lot of talking for me just waking up. Um, 42% were black and 12% were Hispanic. Um, This is not a whole presentation on race or anything like that. But, I mean, no one should be that surprised by that information. Um, So some examples of cases where this went bad. In May 2014, police in Georgia threw a flashbang grenade into the crib of a 19-month toddler during one of these no-knock raids. The toddler was burned so badly that he had to be placed in a medically induced coma. Just so you know, the toddler is alive today, but he has, uh, I think, permanent disfigurement on his face. Uh, In October, a grand jury decided the officer shouldn't be charged for injuring the baby. Uh, The grand jury accepted the police chief's explanation that the officers hadn't seen any evidence that there was a child in the house, uh, despite the fact that, according to the mother, there were toys in the yard, and that they needed to throw the grenade to distract the suspect, who also apparently was not home at that time. Um, But I feel like if... if, And I know that this isn't like a through line, like a perfect through line, but... If you're driving down the street and you run over a kid and you're like, I didn't expect a kid to be there. <laughs> like, yeah, right? <laughs> but also, like, what if there wasn't a kid there? Regardless of there being a kid, it doesn't matter if there's a kid there. You recklessly threw that. If it was a grown man, would people not be pissed off if they burned a man? Like, I don't right. think it even matters if it's a kid. Like, anyone. The fact that you say, I, don't, I didn't expect X to be there. To me, means that you didn't, you don't have the right intelligence to conduct this yeah, operation. What? Um, but of course, it's not just civilians that get uh, injured. As you said, sometimes cops get killed. Um, in December 2013, Henry McGee shot and killed a police officer during a pre-dawn no-knock raid on his home. He was initially charged with capital murder, but he argued that he shot the police officer who he thought was an intruder, to protect his pregnant girlfriend. Um, Thankfully, a grand jury declined to indict him, and the charges were dropped. Uh, If anyone recalls, that's similar to what happened to Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. I think they did charge him, but then after a whole bunch of uh, backlash, they dropped the charges, right? I was going to ask the race of that guy, but we don't need to explore that. (laughs) They're all black. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's this one, though, who I think is actually in Philly. 
a Texas... Oh, no, no, a Texas man. Why was this in Philly? I don't know. Oh, it's Texas, Texas, Pennsylvania. No, who's in a Philly magazine uh, where I read this? So, no, never mind. It's not a Philly man. <laughs> it's a Philadelphia uh, suburb called Texas. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. In May of the same year, a Texas man named Marvin Guy also killed a police officer during a pre-dawn no-knock raid on his home. Why are these always... I also find the timing weird. I know that you have to be like, you know, he can't do it midday. He could be at work. But I feel like you're going to get people disoriented and also more full of fear if you do it when they're probably sleeping. I don't know. I mean, I I get the argument either way, but I just, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Marvin Guy was also charged with capital murder uh, because he shot at the police officers, he says, in self-defense. But... The grand jury allowed the capital murder charge to stand. And last time I checked, uh, uh, as uh, recent as 2020, I'm not sure about 2021, um, he still didn't go to trial to see if he was going to be convicted. He's just been in jail Mm -hmm. for like six years waiting for a trial, and I don't even know why. Um, Now, what's interesting about this one is, like, so, you know, a lot of times when people do this shit, people like dig into their background and they're like, oh, well, you know, cops had justification to do that because he was a criminal in the past. So yeah, this guy had gone to jail before for drug charges and guns. So let's say, okay, that they said they think he's going to be armed. Fine, give him that. Uh, but apparently, unlike most raids where you go through the front door, they were entering through a window. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like I would think going anyone to rob me. Would- yeah, uh, I would think anyone should anyone entering through a window. Anyway, um, blah, blah, blah. Where's it? I lost my place. Oh, and also, how often do police find what they're looking for? Like, are these effective? Um, apparently, there's not a huge amount of, like, great vetted data on this. But the ACLU's analysis showed that about 35% of SWAT drug raids turn up contraband, while 36% of them turn up nothing. And... The rest of the percentage is just no one knows either way. Um, and apparently, so when a SWAT team will, is looking like to raid a dealer's house for like a large stack of stash of like cocaine or something, but they only find like a joint or like a bag of marijuana, they'll still like it'll go on the books as like right, a successful, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. So those those stats are kind of probably off to begin with. In 2003, the commissioner of the New York Police Department estimated that of the more than 450 no-knock raids the city conducted every month, 10% were wrong door raids. And, yeah, that estimate came right after a wrong door raid resulted in a homeowner death in New York. Uh, police broke into the home of a 57-year-old woman, threw one of those flashbang grenades, and the shock gave her a fatal heart attack. Why does it... Why do they need those grenades? I don't know. Anyway. I, if you want to give me the answer that I think it is, it's because we bought them. Yeah, I think like this, so- this 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 flash grenade is going to expire in a couple of months. We better use it before it goes dead. Yeah. <laughs> if we could reinvest that money in like body cams and stuff. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. It's like, oh, we have these fun things. We need to use them. Or yeah, exactly. That's that's like you know. My my boss does the same thing. At the end of the fiscal year, he goes, "Well, we got a we have X dollars left. Let's buy some frivolous crap just so you know we don't lose the money next year." 
Yeah, except instead of getting, you know, fun, extra, unnecessary colored paper for the printer or hole punchers, it's getting grenades that burn babies and give people heart attacks. So, uh, I was just curious about, it's not like, I mean, God forbid any of us end up being in one of these weird, mistaken, no-knock grades. But I was like, what do you even, like, what can you do? Because like I said, I would probably become so hysterical that I would be shot. So I was like, so what are your rights when this happens? The best case is that you actually are high off your mind so much that you just roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, yo, guys, what's up? (laughs) Oh, shit, call of duty in the house. (laughs) Um... I, so I didn't find as much as I would have liked, but also to be vague, I was using on a computer, I was using, I was doing research on a computer that I had limitations. Yes. (laughs) And I probably shouldn't keep Googling, what are my rights during raids? Anyway, uh, basically, I mean, you should know this already, but just as if like, you're arrested or if somebody stops you on the street, you do have a right to remain silent um, and just silently observe what's happening and take notes and try to write down badge numbers and try to just document everything you can so that if they infringe on your right... Yeah, right? Isn't that kind of like... <laughs> I, I think you could... I imagine you could film it. I was looking... I found this article that like outlined every right you have and then I realized it was for the UK. <laughs> so I was like... But I would imagine you could film it. Um, but, uh, but then the article was also like, you can film it. Even if they tell you they're going to confiscate your phone, you still have the right. Though they will probably become more irate. Right. I saw one of those where, where this guy got stopped on the street and they were like, oh, we think you're this suspect. And like, he didn't look anything like the guy, except they were both black. And, um, yeah. And, and he was like, I need your badge number and I want your the, the name of your superior. And, like, the police were not willing to give it to him. And he's like, no, I know that, you know, like, give me your badge number, give me your name, give me the name of your superior. And, um, and there was just, like, one guy out of, like, the four cops who was trying to just smooth over the situation. But it was only after he realized, after you have the guy cuffed, and then you look up the suspect or you check the guy's wallet or something like that. And by that point, like, that person should be irate. And yeah, when they push back, then the police officers get irate. And it's just like, there's no way to, there's no way to come up with any happy ending at that point. No. I, thank God, I mean, I think I was profiled a lot when I was younger and people thought I was going to steal from their store, but I don't think it was necessarily because I'm Hispanic. I think it's because I used to like, dress really like grungy and punk and I looked like I was probably going to steal something. However, I definitely was stopped once in a car and they said I had a broken taillight and I didn't. Um, I was wearing a cosplay costume. So again, it's always hard to parse whether it's because I'm a minority or because <laughs> I look like a psychopath. What cosplay? Uh, it wasn't even a specific character. I was just wearing this like blonde wig and a gigantic bow on my hair and stuff. But I don't understand why that would make anyone stop me. I don't look like... Because they think you're hot. I don't know. But at the time... That's something that I think about. It's like, if a a cop is just sitting there at a light and sees some lady and he's like, hey, she's hot, I'm going to say she has a a taillight out and I'm going to pull her over. Like, 
obviously it's a terrible way to go about things (laughs) that'd be like me going like in high school oh that girl's really hot so i'm gonna knock her books on the ground so i can help (laughs) her pick them up like (laughs) at the time i was too innocent to know any better so i thought they were serious about the taillight and then i got out and was like no but like by that point they already got an eye full (laughs) (laughs) the older i get oh and also i was just so honest they were like so this was when I used to hang out with just a whole bunch of other lovely degenerates in wilkes Fair. <laughs> and when there was nothing to do on a weekend, we would all hang out at a bench. Yeah, we called <laughs> the bench in the middle of the square. And the cops were like, where are you going? And I was like... The bench? <laughs> I'm going to downtown and just hang out on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so did I sound shitty? Yeah, but they wouldn't know that from just my profile. Like, until they stopped me. So, I don't know. That was funny. But, uh... The older I get, the more irate I get, and the more bold I am in terms of, like, people asking and telling me to do things that aren't appropriate. So I feel like if a cop stopped me, thank God I don't want to drive right now. But I feel like I would challenge that, and, like, I don't know. I'm just so full of rage. that that I think a cop stopping me for a reason that I know is bullshit would unlock, unlock Rage Marissa, which would probably make me die. Um... So hopefully no one ever mistakenly raids my house. Uh, also, I just want to let you all know that I was going to originally do a different topic, but I was like, this is just going to be me reading personal accounts. Because uh, I got down a rabbit hole of just reading accounts of people who were like, it's not really falsely imprisoned, but I think that was actually they've been able to sue for false imprisonment but people who are quote-unquote falsely imprisoned at a car dealership (laughs) (laughs) like all these people that go to a car dealership they don't like the deal they're being offered but the the people at the dealership ask for the car keys of the car they came in yeah Uh, like like, they're gonna do a trade-in we gotta check it out sort of thing yeah they like continuously say like oh i don't know where your keys are or i lost your keys or we're looking for your keys and it takes hours long and while they're looking for the keys the people notice that the dealership parks two no parks two cars aside the car they came in and a car behind it so they can't even leave and i was like what the fuck and, and all these people that literally had to call the cops for the cops to come and set them free from the dealership <laughs> guys that that really read about that i think um what is it on jalopnik but uh yeah so guys oh god so many things fill me with rage i i i have conversations with my boyfriend every so often because he's he's a very calm person he's very patient he's very he always tries to see like the best in people um and i remember once i think i've told this before that we were on a line and we'd been waiting there forever. And it looked like these guys cut us. And I said, like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing to them? And they looked at me. And for a moment, I was like, oh, shit, did I just start something that then my boyfriend, because he's a man, will have to finish? So I was, I was like, just so you know, you don't have to finish these. But I realize we live in a society where you feel like you do. So I guess for your sake, I'm going to try to tone myself down. But I can never promise you that I won't start a fight with someone without thinking about <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, after those, uh, after like the, the riots and everything, 
and uh and the civil like all, all the protests and the civil unrest and stuff that like you know I supported all the protests and I I I, I you know after George Floyd and everything this like random hysterical white person me and me and my boyfriend were walking down the street just to see what had happened some hysterical white dude is like Philly is my city and it used to be beautiful and now all these fucking people are graffitiing it and they've been writing ACAB all over the place do you two know what ACAB means and Aaron was like no we don't and I, I was like I don't I don't know what this guy's game is but boy <laughs> if I was, I was alone this is probably am badly for me but I would have I would have just been like, yeah, you bitch me. And then, I don't know. Guys, I just want to fight everyone all the time, but I'm such a tiny person. Plugs. Anyway, please hear me plugs. Um, so, being filled with rage is certainly a thing that can happen. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I haven't really been filled with like rage rage. But I have had some days from work where I just leave. Most days I'm just like, oh, I'm exhausted. But some days I'm just like, oh, I'm on fire. And um, I discovered that Hulu has The Detour that is a show that I loved to watch. They have four seasons. And um, I just put that on and laugh and laugh and laugh. That's nice. What is that show? It's a show about a family who is traveling, basically in each season they're traveling from one place to another, but they hit a few detours along the way. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's it's really, I don't know, the stuff they come up with is kind of kind of out of this world. And, and uh, some, sometimes you're like watching it and you're like, oh, I can see what's coming and it's going to be funny. Ha ha ha. But there's like physical comedy, there's you know, clever writing, there's all sorts of fun stuff in it, but it was a TBS sitcom and four seasons through a TBS sitcom is pretty damn good, so. Okay, never heard of it. Okay. Uh, uh, I will plug... Did you want to plug your Woody Allen documentary, You Sicko? No, he's got a... <laughs> like a sicko, exactly. <laughs> um, Guys, I... in the... Um, Never to be heard intro. That's what she was plugging. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't plugging it. I was just saying it was my comfort. <laughs> anyway, uh, I will plug. I didn't watch it yet, but I'm just gonna preemptively plug Minari. Let's all watch Minari, the um, the film that won best foreign film in the Golden Globes even though it was made by an American filmmaker who just so <laughs> happens to be Korean and there's a bunch of Korean spoke in it but he's not foreign so let's all watch it and support it and it's supposed to be an amazing movie and people are mad it wasn't able because if you're best foreign movie you can't be up for best film mm-hmm. of the year or anything so yeah let, let, let's support this movie that's supposed to be great by a quote-unquote foreign filmmaker that starts stars Stephen Yun from Walking Dead fame, and it looks really good. It's ba- it's a movie by an American filmmaker about an immigrant trying to, like, achieve his American dream. I'm just like, yeah. really? Is, could, you, could you slap this guy in the face any harder? 
anyway that's it guys thanks for listening uh again alex check your mail at your job Call alex does have pod. a baby at home not like a newborn baby anymore but a baby so i wonder if he may be avoiding the campus as much as he can oh maybe yeah you should be call us at 570 pod one slide into my dms at risk vandal and pete anything else no but um, referring back to Alex's voicemail, he said he likes when we have songs about how we want voicemail. So, you know, Marissa, if you're uh, up to nothing and just noodling around on the old keyboard there. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I, that, he, yeah, I think I missed that part in what he said. Yeah. We should, we should on the show, commit to coming up with some new bumper-type things. Okay, I 100% commit. I fantasize about a new plug thing. But I oh. come up with no ideas. And then, um, listeners, we're going to defer to you. Uh, you know, tweet, um, DM, call, text, whatever. I think that we, like, w- we definitely feel like the Icebreaker song is sacred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just For our 100th episode, I paid somebody on Fiverr to remix our theme song. Oh, what happened? They didn't do it? They didn't do it, no. Oh. Did you get your money back? Yeah, they didn't get the money, but still. Fuck, fuck these people. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. Never mind. Bye. Bye. Bye.